Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports. As always, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, I'm your host, Cade Walker, uh, and today we're going to highlight a few players uh, over the past week, um, the the least of which, yes, the least of which is Colton Welker. Um, and Colton Welker, he, he's been a good prospect. I, I've kept my eye on him for a while, and... Um, you know what's interesting is that the Rockies for the past several years have kind of had a log jam of prospects at third base, and I'm like, well, that's dumb if they're just going to, um, you know, stack these third basemen behind the best third baseman in baseball, but um, they they let him go. So um, they're, they're definitely finding use for all their third base prospects now. Um, but it looks like they're going to be down one third base prospect for, well, 80 games. Um, Colton Welker received an 80-game suspension for... Uh, violating the uh, performance-enhancing drug policy of Major League Baseball. Again, I mean, as per usual, he claimed he had no knowledge that he was given um, these performance enhancers, which that's the standard answer for for all the athletes. So uh, you you can't really you can't really take much away from that. But yeah, um, that's. That's not great considering, uh, like, Justin Lawrence, who is back with the club now, um, was just popped for that a year ago as well. Um, yeah, uh, it's not not ideal just seeing seeing that, but uh, that's definitely uh, some, some news for the Rockies on the prospect side of things. Um, you know, a couple things I wanted to highlight. Uh, the first of which is Josh Fuentes. The past couple of weeks have kind of, kind of harped on him a little bit. Josh Fuentes has been very miserably... Uh, or very miserable at the plate. He has not performed great, and that's still true. Uh, <laughs> he's brought his WRC plus up to twenty nine. Um, despite that, Josh Fuentes did hit a home run in yesterday's doubleheader and hit a walk off, an eighth inning walk off um, that, that hit the fence. Um, it was a, a very long single. It was very, very easily a double under normal circumstances. But yeah, the, that was a, a good display from him. Not very confident seeing him come to the plate in that situation. I wasn't personally, but hey, I mean, he came through when it mattered. So, I mean, that's that's good for him. Good to see him uh, performing in those scenarios. I still has a WRC plus of 29, which would rank 13th in the National League among pitchers. Yeah, um, he would have the 13th best WRC plus among pitchers in the National League. Yeah, but um, again, I don't want to trash on Josh Fuentes every week. I, I very much wish that he can become uh, an at least an average major league hitter, if not slightly below average, because he's uh, a great player. It seems like he's, he's good in the locker room, and he's a fantastic defender, as I've highlighted before several times. The problem is he just doesn't doesn't walk first of all, and he just doesn't hit the ball hard enough to um, to get on base. He has a batting average on balls in play of two thirty three. So I mean his strikeout rate's nothing nothing too ridiculous. It's only about twenty three percent, which is just between Trevor Story and CJ Crone, just a little bit above Ryan McMahon. So it's, you know it's about average level strikeout percentage, but. Um, he doesn't walk and he doesn't hit the ball very hard. So, I, you know, I think those are things that he probably has in him because he has the physical tools for it. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how he does moving forward. I, I hope he performs well. But that, that was definitely good to see him 
do well um, yesterday. So um, moving forward past Josh Fuentes, uh, Dom Nunez. Uh, Dom Nunez has been good. Um, I I think Dom Nunez is certainly an upgrade at catcher over the past couple seasons where the Rockies have had a platoon of Tony Walters and Drew Butera. Um, Dom Nunez is chilling at a 94 WRC+, plus, which is great. I don't expect that to continue with an expected weighted on base average of 284, uh, which means he's outperformed his his expected weighted on base average a little bit. But, I mean, he's he's strong and he's doing well. And I think part, part of the reason that his expected weighted on base average is so low is because he has a strikeout rate just south of 40%. It's about 38.8, about almost 39%. So um, he, he definitely strikes out a ton. Um, but his walk rate's fine, about 9%. That's fine, um, especially for a catcher. I mean, he, he hits the ball hard enough. He walks enough. It's just, you know, he strikes out a lot. Um, granted, he, he may be getting a little bit unlucky um, with his batting average on balls and play about 270, but, you know, you still you still run that next to his expected weighted on base average. And his batted ball profile suggests that he hasn't been the greatest. But, again, that may be skewed by his strikeout rate. So um, all those things just just uh, all those factors coming into play you know Dom Nunez is fine he's um he's good he's a good um offensive catcher and and looking at the numbers even in a small sample size uh, my preferred statistic when looking at catcher defense um you know obviously you have to watch them it's tough to evaluate catcher defense just purely based off of the statistics you definitely have to watch them um, but just a number to, to try and help quantify I think he's been fine and a number to help quantify that is catcher defensive adjustment from baseball prospectus he's 16th in MLV um, in that which is good it's above average with the CDA of 0.6 so it's good I think he's fine um, so that's definitely definitely an encouraging sign um, I, I think he's been better than than Walters was, so that's that's good for the Rockies and good uh, for Dom Nunez to um, successfully, you know, adapt to catching for the Rockies and, and catching at a high level. So that's good. Uh, so now I want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, and that is, of course, as always, DraftKings Sportsbook. Big names are headlining this week's UFC 262 card from Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler. There will be no shortage of action. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 100 to 1 odds. One fighter will be walking away with the belt. And will you be walking away with the cash? Just pick the main event fighter you think will win and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds on that fighter. Bet $1 on select fighters and if they win, you win $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. And don't worry if MMA isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code MHS to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters for limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for detail- details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. So in this, uh, the second segment of this show, uh, I wanted to talk about 
just kind of the state of the Rockies uh, just this season, what the best case for this season is. And then um, I just want to talk about a little bit further about the the GM search. An article came out from, um, from Purple Row uh, discussing the GM search. So I want to talk about the candidates that they proposed as well, or, or at least listed as possibilities. So um, first of all, I, I talked to um, Drew Creaseman over at DNVR every now and then, and I believe in the Discord over at DNVR they mentioned that the best case for this season would be for the Rockies to garner the worst record in Major League Baseball and end up with the number one overall pick in the 2022 MLB draft and I would have to agree with that um, the Rockies are in a place where they are depleted with talent and it would be it would be best for the Rockies to replenish that talent through the draft um, Bill Schmidt has talked about this in, in his press conference and, and some of the things that he said is that you know the Rockies are a draft and develop type of team they're, they're not you know hey let's go make big trades go sign big free agents and, and you know, build a team that way. While I think that every team should be active in the free agent market, every team should be active in the trade market, um, I believe the Rockies as a quote-unquote smaller market team does have to be competent in draft and development. And right now, they really aren't. Um, their farm system is, I, I believe it's pretty close to last. And They've done an okay job at developing over the years. I think they're they're fairly average in that sense, but I think it you know best thing for the Rockies moving forward to try and replenish the talent that they that they don't have, try and um, use the talent that they have in their current system, and then just replenish that talent as it comes up is to is to draft high, and and I think the Rockies are not good and they have no chance at competing this season anyways, so. You know, it's a similar concept to what um, Sam Hinkie did with the 76ers. And, you know, I talk about Sam Hinkie a lot. I actually have a Sam Hinkie quote in my bio on Twitter. Um, not necessarily a quote, but at least, you know, something inspired by Sam Hinkie. And it says, always have the longest view in the room. And, and he talked about that in his uh, resignation letter to the 76ers after he his tenure as uh, general manager there. And, you know, his tenure was cut short, um, but what he did with the 76ers was yeah, he made that team terrible. And he made it terrible mostly mostly intentionally. The process Sixers, as they were referred to, um, were not good. And that was to accumulate draft capital, accumulate high picks. Now, the draft is different in baseball, right, because you have uh, many more rounds but I still think that, you know, a higher draft pick is is better. And, and in basketball, it's called tanking in, in baseball. I mean, I feel like the same strategy is, is applicable here. You, the Rockies probably should embrace the tank. Um, and I, I believe if they embrace the tank, they'll have a better chance at replenishing um, their farm system, their talent, and they'll, you know, develop guys. You know, you uh, the talent disparity between the first overall pick and the 30th overall pick is fairly large. Um, I mean, this season, it would have been better if the Rockies did this last season if they would have tried to, to tank and they would have ended up with maybe Kumar Rocker or Jack Leader, who I think, in my mind, are almost guarantees to be uh, you know franchise cornerstone pitchers. So, 
you know, I'm not exactly sure what the 2022 draft looks like yet, but, you know, having the number one overall pick gives them the chance to be very successful in that draft and, and to replenish talent as they will. As they will. Um, on that note, Bill Schmidt did mention that the Rockies are not in a rebuild, which fully I believe that they should be. There's no reason why they shouldn't be. Um, and I think they should be in a rebuild. They should recognize that they are not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be competitive in the postseason this year at all. And they should replenish talent so that they can be competitive down the line. And the thing with, with um, Bill Schmidt is that he is probably, at this point, the leading candidate to take over for general manager, which, in my mind, is not a good move because he's internal, first of all, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But, you know, if you've been a part of the organization that's been so mediocre for 20 years, I, I think it's better to bring in some fresh blood. Um, and second of all, I mean, if he doesn't want to commit to a rebuild, commit to a tank, then the Rockies, I feel like, are just going to piddle in mediocrity for the next several years. And I, I think that's not, that's not ideal for Rockies fans. Uh, the ultimate goal of team building should be to make a deep playoff run and compete for a championship. And if you're not going to commit to adding talent in the most efficient way possible, then, well, your team building mindset, your team building philosophy is probably a little bit flawed. And is it possible to build a championship team without rebuilding? Sure. It's possible theoretically. Yeah. But with a team that has no chance of competing in the near future, the most responsible, the most efficient way to team build is to commit to a rebuild, commit to a tank, commit to adding talent to the organization in the most effective way possible. Um, so that that is my idea. So um, with that said, I want to move on to talking about the potential replacement general managers that um, Purple Row brought up this, this last week. Um, the author of that article is Kenneth Weber. Um, so just shout out to him. It did some pretty good work here. So he, they brought up four candidates, the first of which is Ruben Amaro Jr. And Ruben Amaro Jr. is definitely a name that's been floating around. He was, it was reported that the Rockies talked to him and they asked him about the vacancy. I'm not sure, you know, how those talks went or anything like that, but he's definitely been a name that the Rockies have considered. And I don't really like this. Um, Amaro, as the article mentions, he was the Phillies GM for six years after their their World Series win. And he wasn't, I mean, they, they made the playoffs the first three years he was there, but then they just kind of uh, rolled into kind of an aging team, and then they, they went into a rebuild after that. So, um, I'm not sure that Amaro's track record with the Phillies has really been fruitful. I don't think that's really you know done much for uh, for Philly. He, like the the article mentions, they left the team with some good pieces. Like they acquired Nola, Ken, Ken Giles, and Sixto Sanchez uh, during his tenure. But I, I'm not sure you know if that was much of what he did, or you know it's tough to draw context out of such a short GM. Uh, tenure only only six years and um, not many of those were you in a position that the Rockies are in Um, you know he was he was there the first three years they were in the playoffs the next three years they kind of just fell off a cliff mediocrity rebuilding so I I don't necessarily want the Rockies to you know kind of sit in that mediocre um, you know circle that 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 identity so 
I mean, he has the experience. I just don't know if he would be the best choice, um, just in terms of his track record. Uh, the next name that they brought up was Billy Owens. Billy Owens, uh, he's been with the A's uh, for uh, a while, <clears throat> and this is since 1998. He took on a front office role in 03. Um, it was the director of player personnel and then was promoted to assistant general manager in 2019. And he's actually been tossed around as a name for other front office openings like the Mets and the Angels um so he's definitely been considered for that and the A's have been you know they've they've been great they've been um I mean not just this season but I mean as an organization we're with a smaller market they're much smaller than the Rockies in terms of market and you know they've had a mild amount of success and a lot of that's due to the analytic driven front office that Billy Bean um, went over there. I mean, if you watch Moneyball, that's, you know, exactly, exactly what happens. And Billy Owens was a part of that front office. Uh, I think if the Rockies want to revolutionize, they want to go into an analytically driven state of team operation, then he might be a good guy. I would be, I would be more than okay with Billy Owens if he was uh, brought on as general manager. I would fully endorse that pick. Uh, next to that would be Dana Brown, and I actually talked about Dana Brown, so I'm not going to say too much here, but again, um, been a, a big, big um, scouting player development kind of guy, and he's um, he's still uh, d- at least somewhat on the cutting edge, but he's you know been a part of good rebuilds um, with great identifying players uh, great at identifying players and identifying talent so i think he would be he would be great um definitely not as analytically driven as billy owens so i think billy owens definitely has that edge on dana brown so i mean that's that's my opinion dana i think either would be fine but maybe i might lean with billy owens here and then the other name they they brought up thad levine and thad levine would be a dream um the twins uh he's currently the gm of the twins and uh, he was with the Rockies actually um, from 1999 to 2004, and Thad Levine. I mean, his his track record is fantastic. Minnesota's a great team. Um, he obviously has has that experience with Colorado, and um, you know the the Twins have been great. He's built that team up to be a very successful team year in and year out. Um, not only identifying talent. Um, through through the pipeline but also uh into the analytics front he's developed a great analytics department up in minnesota and that's why that's part of the reason why they've been so successful his team building has been amazing and he would be the dream candidate uh, but unfortunately i mean he's general manager of the twins and they've been competitive and he's had the freedom to operate there i don't know if the rockies have what it takes to pull him out of minnesota but if i had to pick anyone to hire it would be well number 1 it would be theo epstein number 2 would be thad levine so those are the dream candidates for me but um i believe that his his candidacy potentially as as a role would be a little bit of a pipe dream i don't think he would he would come to colorado but i mean maybe colorado would be a fun experiment a fun experience and um i mean it would be interesting to see what he could do so um, that, that's my thoughts on that article. But um, if you have any questions, anything like that, uh, at me at Cade C. Walker on Twitter. Um, if you have any questions, just tweet at me, send me a DM, anything like that. But thanks again for listening to this episode of the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports. It's always presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.